from the fabulous and famous Fitzpatrick's Castle Hotel in Dublin, Ireland. You're listening to the award-winning What's the Story podcast. Now, here's your hosts, Danny Murray and Graham Merrow Merrigan. Hello and welcome along to a very special edition of What's the Story podcast. Uh, my name is Danny Murray and uh, joining me all the way from Viva Las Vegas is the one, the only Graham Merrow Merrigan. Merrow, how are you? Are you there? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the Wi-Fi man. <laughs> technical difficulties there um so you're you're over in vegas obviously um the result didn't go the way we wanted it to um but we'll talk more about mcgregor fight in a minute or two i suppose what, what's it been like over in vegas this time around um a little little more subdued over the last couple of days a bit quiet um i didn't we we went this this september 14 cards with Poirier and um I don't think we expected a big crowd there, but I think we were surprised at how much of a big crowd did travel to that fight. Yeah. And then um, July from from Mendes last July, was, Jesus, there was a huge Irish contingent here. Um, but I didn't see there was there wasn't uh, there wasn't get-togethers and sports bars or there was nothing like that this time around. It was only really at the weigh-ins where I said, "Oh, Jesus, there might there might be a few here," but again, there wasn't really. Um, so it was a bit, yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. Yeah, um, I see it because obviously I'm watching it from at home, so I've I'm, I've got the Atlantic and the distance then in the way kind of thing. So I'm watching it all on telly, reading about it and whatnot. But it certainly seems as though there wasn't as much. Like it's weird because everybody was talking about how like they wanted to see McGregor Diaz. This is going to be a great fight, and it's the fight the fans want to see. And yet there wasn't any of the fanfare that we seen with. Yeah, it was the fight, it, but people, it's, what is it, it's the third or fourth Vegas fight, or, well, no, one, two, three, four, this is the fifth fight in about, of Connor's fights in the last 15 months, 18 months, in, in America, you know what I mean, so I think Irish fans have just been stretched financially to the limits, and they just couldn't, couldn't make it, Um, you said there about the people's kind of choice as a fight, but we only had that 10 days ago. Um, that was only set like really late. The two lads, uh, which I think should be commended, are saving the card because if you look at the card on paper, minus the two lads, it's nothing, and it probably would have been not more than a, a fox a fox card. So I think fair play to the lads um, for for saving the card. Um, but now, obviously, with the result, was it worth it? I don't know. Well, that's that's what I was going to talk to you about mainly. Um... I suppose, like what you're saying there about it, it probably would have just been a Fox card without the McGregor factor. Like, it seemed, even when I was watching, like watching the prelims and that, like, the arena was half empty. Um, you know, there didn't seem too much of an atmosphere at all building up until Holly Holm, Misha Tate. That was kind of the first time, certainly on TV, it seemed like the crowd came to life. What was it like actually being in there? Yeah, I think that's a fair reflection. Um, I, I actually... Other than Connor, I haven't experienced any atmosphere like the end of the second round of Misha Tate and Holly Holm. That was unbelievable. Mm. Um, crowd just went off for that. Even the even the 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 package they show on the monitors before the fight, like the crowd were so up for that. Um, but again, there was a lot. Like there was a few. I'm not saying there wasn't Irish over here. There was, but they're just what they weren't in their thousands. Um, there was a lot of Americans with Irish flags. Um, 
you know, my father's father's father was Irish, like a lot of them. Yeah. So you wonder now, will because it's Irish kind of homegrown fans traveling over have been stretched to the limits? You'd wonder now if it's if the UFC have just had to re- will just have to rely on um, American Irish American to turn up for Connor's fights in in America because it's not it's not cheap over here. You know, it's it's not cheap to get here either. So you're talking before spending money. You're probably talking about twelve thirteen hundred before you've even got here. Yeah. So um, five trips, you're probably talking three, four thousand. Some Irish people, especially in July, would have treated it as their summer holiday. So that was probably fine. But I mean, yeah. December a week, a week or two before Christmas, I seen um some reaction on Twitter by some MMA journalists saying that give uh, give the Irish fans Connor in Europe or somewhere like that, you know, for a fight. So I don't know where I don't know where kind of the future holds really for um. Irish fans traveling to America to watch Connor fighting. Yeah, well, I I suppose for me, I've I traveled over twice before, um, but like without McGregor being on the card, I went to see Lesnar Velasquez and I went to see, uh, Silva Weidman too, and that was also Rousey versus Tate too, um, and yeah, the atmosphere just didn't have that sort of party atmosphere. Like obviously, Silva broke his leg on one of them. And Brock Lesnar got knocked out by Cain Velasquez and the other. So there was a kind of holy shit moment. But um, yeah. it, it certainly lacked that kind of... Like, there was nobody taking over the MGM casino. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, Yeah, yeah. And as we've seen when we were here previously, that like there were people, Irish fans, taking over the MGM casino like on weigh-in day or yeah. the, tour, the, the night before weigh-in day, having a few drinks and getting merry and then singing... singing songs you know the none there was none of that this time around um again it's not, i don't think it's a bad reflection i just think it's just people financially stretched to the limits and just can't make it yeah i know I, I completely agree so that's that's why i couldn't go this time around like i, I completely agree it's um i suppose it's almost that thing now isn't it of kind of like all right don't get us wrong like we, we absolutely love him and we'll cheer him on and all that but like we can't uproot and head over every single time you're kind of stretching us a bit if the Irish fans have been exactly, that good especially with the especially with fighter pullouts as well like why would you yeah. like I I'm, I we booked for the Aldo the first fight and he pulled out and I booked for this fight and RDA pulled out so I would be honestly reluctant reluctant to, to book again and um, so eagerly do you know that type of way it'd be just like mm. no I'm not I don't know my, my buzz is a bit gone when when RDA pulled out, I was happy that Nate Diaz stepped in, but I just felt it was just it was always going to be a welterweight fight. I, I, did, I don't see Connor's future in welterweight uh, prior to this fight anyway. I think it was just put together an exhibition just to save the card. Do you think there's there's an element of fatigue involved as well? Like, is there overkill? An element of? Fatigue and overkill, kind of like... There's a bit, it's too much, you know what I mean? Like, other champions you might see fight twice a year, but, you know, the UFC almost seem like they want to roll Connor out as often as they can because he is the cash cow. And then, when you're seeing that kind of trash talk, brashy, confident element over and over again, do you think maybe that's playing into kind of the feeling now of like, oh, all right, he lost, that's it, like, there's no heartbreak really I don't know I think it's just his desire to fight every three months he's always said that before any big contracts were signed yeah that he, you know he wants to fight uh, 
every three months, once fit, once not hurt. You know, I personally, and it's not going to happen, but he's he has gone non-stop since his fight in Stockholm. Well, obviously, barring the, the, the ACL injury, but since the ACL injury, he's gone non-stop. I would actually like to see him just take a rest and enjoy himself and maybe talk about coming back. If UFC 200 wasn't around, come back around October, November, the end of the year show or whatever, because he hasn't taken a break. I mean, if they're talking about as well... Um, Aldo rematch in July. I don't think Aldo should come back so soon after that knockout. I think he should. Like, look at Rory McDonald. He's after taking an extended break since the Robbie Lawler bout. He's been matched up now against uh, Wonderboy Thompson, but That'd at the same time, he you. took an extended break. I think Aldo needs to talk to himself and say, right, um, I think it's wrong if, if a rematch for them is booked for UFC 200 um, at the expense of Aldo's health. I think Aldo should take at least October, November off, up until October, November off. If I'm being honest, I'd rather see McGregor versus Edgar um, over an Aldo I'd, I'd love that, and I think the fans would love that as well. Yeah, um, and I know Conor in the post-fight press conference said, like, he, he'll fight whoever, like, it looks like a move back down to featherweight is the, the only viable thing to do now. Um, yeah. So... But even watching the even watching the, the, the Diaz fight in the arena, like, you're... Watching it and the first round, like there's been so many times where I've watched Connor in previous fights or I've been in the arena where when I've seen him unleash and I've seen his opponent fall, but Nate has just wasn't falling. Like, yeah. um, it was just crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy feeling. Yeah, it was, I, I wasn't, I wasn't totally uh cut up like I expected it to be. To watch uh, Conor Lewis as we know he's third loss in his career so he'll yeah. know how to handle it and he'll come back like it seems a bit surreal almost in the sense that like prior to it and up until last week it's the most confident I've ever been of a McGregor fight normally speaking I get kind of a, a, a wobble or two beforehand I get a little bit of doubt but this time around I was like nah he's grand he's grand and I think the fact that it was at welterweight and it wasn't with all the kind of baggage of a title involved helped with that maybe but I was texting you, and as I said, like I don't know what it was after Misha Tapey, Holly Home. Just I almost sat back in the chair and just kind of went, "He's not gonna do it," and I don't know why I got that feeling. And hindsight is twenty twenty, and all that. Like beforehand, I was saying, and even on the podcast, I was saying, hundred percent, he's gonna win." Like, but I don't know why after the Tay fight, I just kind of resigned to he won't do it, and I don't know why I got that feeling. Like, um, yeah, I. I was the, I was the same to an extent. I didn't think he wasn't going to do it, but I was very complacent in my um, assessment of it or my prediction of it. I just didn't see. I just didn't see Nate Diaz. I, I always said if Nate Diaz is going to win, it's going to be on the on the ground. Um, but yeah. I never, I never for a million years thought he was going to win, or I never thought he was going to catch him. He caught him. A, he caught Conor a view on the on the chin yeah. uh, that rocked him at the start, and then he just got some more power and just got a bit of an adrenaline rush and yeah, that okay. was it but I, I, know I was so complacent and naive in, in the in the fact that I, I completely uh, didn't give Nate Diaz a chance at all until about two three hours before the fight where I was getting jittery I know Connor's style is hands down and kind of bit of head moving to keep his head off the centre line and that cocky arrogance and that kind of thing but there were times where during the fight I was kind of like what, why are you throwing that kick why are you it almost seemed as though he was too cocky and then he got tagged and you seen him wobble and you were like, oh shit, 
what what was the kind of reaction like when he got tagged in the second round in the arena? Was there an oh shit or was the crowd just getting on with it? Like? Yeah, it was oh shit because you knew his eyes. I I I don't I don't necessarily agree about the cockiness part of it. I just I I wouldn't use the word cocky. I think it was more complacency probably. Um, that's probably fair, actually. That's probably a fair, a fair judgment to say in it rather than cockiness. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I, yeah, I don't think. I think. I think because any time, any time before a Connor fight, I always have the interpretation in my head where I'm kind of going, right. Um, I hope he doesn't be cocky. I hope he just settles, or I hope he just sticks to whatever game plan and just and just knocks them out or whatever. Um, and he always does. He never. I don't think he comes across as cocky in in, in fight mode. I mean, cocky, I suppose, brash when he's talking to the fighters and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the feeling when he when he got tagged the second time was, I was like, oh no, this is it. Um, and as when I seen Connor desperately trying to take Nate Diaz down a third degree black belt jiu jitsu, I was like, no, this is this is game over. Yeah, That's, that was desperation mode. Um, he was in survival mode there after getting tagged, and his brain was just trying to get him to, to survive. Yeah, um, when I seen him going for the take, it was down. a weird feeling. In, in, it was a weird feeling in the arena now, to be honest. Um, but personally, I thought I was going to be worse. But in, in the reaction, um, I think that that's helped with Connor's reaction. Um, as he always says, humble in defeat and and victory. Yeah. And I thought he, he's I thought he's conducted himself brilliantly since the defeat. Yeah, in fairness, I have to say, I thought how he handled the the post fight interview with Joe Rogan and in the press conference uh, and everything I've seen from not just him but John Kavanagh and the rest of the SBG guys it has been quite um, magnanimous quite level headed and, and just accepting of the fact that it wasn't there and I um, congratulations to Diaz what and I'm, we move on like yeah but what I'm hating now is that uh, what I'm hating now is the uh, you know you know me I hate to use the word uh, bandwagon yeah but the, the the new fans now I've seen loads of tweets saying uh, looks like Connor couldn't live up to it like are people really going to defy him over Nate Diaz welterweight exhibition bout yeah I I'm a little bit surprised That's just with, bizarre like. yeah I'm surprised with the amount of people who have like I I agree with you I don't like the phrase bandwagon but I think it's kind of the only apt word to describe what what this has been and you're seeing people now kind of who are cheering him when he's winning and now are kind of going oh I knew it was all talk I knew it was all this I seen one post on yeah. fa- I seen one post on Facebook in particular where the person who will remain nameless uh, was like oh there we go it was all hype this just proves that he can't cut it at the top and I'm kind of going he's a world champion like He's the 145 pound champion of the world. He lost a well. He moved up two weight classes. Let's not take anything away from the guy. On 11 days notice, he moved up to 25 pounds heavier than what he normally fights at. I'm not sure you can say he's still not a top guy. Like he just he got beat by a bigger but even man. Even the whole phrase uh, he 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 hasn't lived up to his talk. You're mad. He's the featherweight champion of the world. He's the first yeah. person in UFC history to. To earn a million for just showing up. Yeah, which, which is that, insane. That's not even, huh? But well, th- that's insane in itself. Like that, he got ju- a million to show. Like nobody has done that before. Not Brock Lesnar, not Randy Couture, not George Saint Pierre. Like it's insane that somebody from Crumlin has brought yes. brought the game so far that he's on a million to show. Like I don't think people can understand how big that is in terms of mixed martial arts. Like, right, are you there? 
You've lost ground temporarily. I'm going to try ring him back now. The downside of free Wi-Fi in a hotel. Hey. Graham, we lost you for a second there. Don't know what happened. Uh, it's probably just the cheap Wi-Fi that the hotel are giving you. <laughs> yeah, it seems like this is going to be a hard one to edit. Ah, no, it'll be grand, it'll be grand. Yeah, talk about like the, the million pound, like or million euro, or oh, sorry, million, million sterling. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, nobody, nobody, uh, that's the first time in history where anyone in the UFC has got a million just to show, to show up for yeah. what was essentially like, uh, not going to play down the foyer. Like, I mean, I think, it, would it be fair to say it was an exhibition in as far as it was put together 10 days ago in a completely different weight class and stuff like that do you know what I mean I, yeah I think there's definitely an element that you can kind of say that it was an experiment almost in the sense of experiment yeah absolutely you know I know McGregor's team had said that they don't see any reason for him not to fight at 170 for the title but realistically he was going to have to feel out that division I don't think he can just jump up and fight Robbie Lawler or Carlos Condor or somebody of that calibre who is you know a lot bigger um so i think it was it was a good chance to feel out the division um and just it didn't go his way in fairness to to nate diaz like he got tagged he stayed calm he kept coming he got the job done that that's all there is to it like yeah absolutely fair play to nate diaz because as he said he he didn't have a didn't have any sparring in this camp he was he was on a holiday in Cabo and uh, got the call and showed mm. up like so fair play to him. Yeah, uh, Rogan, uh, Rogan alluded to the fact that he was training for a triathlon as well. So maybe you know, in terms of cardio and his chin and that kind of thing, I suppose maybe that helps. But we've seen both. But I love his attitude, and it should be the attitude of all fighters in the UFC. You know, this excuse of I wasn't ready or um, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't got a camp. Nate Diaz said like he's always ready. Exactly, he's, yeah. Like, he's always ready to take a fight, and, and no matter what, if it's 10 days notice or two days notice, he'll take a fight. I think everyone in the UFC should be like that. No excuses not to take a fight. You should be ready. Like Connor always used to say, stay ready so you don't, or be ready so you don't have to get ready. Yeah, or was exactly. it stay ready so you don't have to get ready? Stay ready so you don't have to get ready, yeah. Um. Well, Diaz is proof of it. That's You know what I mean? He got the call. He knew it was a big money. I, I actually, I laughed a lot at it. Um, I don't know if you've seen it or not, because obviously you would have been making your way out of the arena but when they were talking to Dana White after it they were asking what's next for Nate Diaz he was like I don't even know if we'll ever see the guy he's off to buy a yacht <laughs> yeah he so, said he was buying a yacht which is hilarious like he's never made that much money before so the first thing he's gonna do is go buy a yacht like it's gone for 40 grand and half a million for yeah, sake yeah and then what you got an extra 100k then in bonuses you know what I mean yeah, so unbelievable Connor does make them rich <laughs> Win or lose, win or lose. Like, um, what was the what was the reaction to Misha Tate winning? Because Holly Holm is a bit of a fan favorite, but so is Misha. So, what was that? The like? arena was fifty fifty because um, anytime a Holly chant was going, then a Misha chant, a Misha chant would start, and the reaction, the reaction from the second round was just off the charts. I couldn't believe the reaction to that. Like people were on their feet, um, applauding. It was brilliant. That fight was brilliant. It's like, uh, uh, other than round two and then how Misha um, won, I didn't think Holly was in that much trouble. Um, she was she was keeping her space brilliantly and she was moving, she was throwing. And yeah. The, yeah Jono, who was sitting beside her brother um, during the fight, um, 
just as the last exchange happened, just before he said it, John just shouted. <laughs> he shouted something along the lines of, uh, Misha, this is your last fucking chance. you got to do it. And she did it. <laughs> that John will claim that he was instrumental in her victory, so that's typical of him. Like, um, We can only imagine. I thought she was going to do it at the end of the second round. I really did. I thought she was going to get it, but I don't know how Holly how managed to kind of tuck her chin deeper and avoid the choke. Like, um, yeah. But it was crazy, and it did seem like the reaction at that point was absolutely amazing. Like, uh, I'm delighted to be honest that Misha won. I like Misha, and it was probably he's the, improved so much in the last two years. Yeah, it was probably the only pick out of the predictions that we gave last week that I got right actually. <laughs> um, and Dana said that he was texting Rhonda, and uh, Rhonda wasn't watching the card. She asked who won, and he said Misha's the new champ. And she texted him back saying, "I better go back to work." Yeah, she was at a she was at some sort of uh, like a pro wrestling, not WWE, but like a smaller kind of event. Um, really? Apparently so. Yeah, people on Twitter were saying that she was she was just watching, like she was just in the crowd. I think somebody she knew may have been involved or something like that. I don't know, but people were tweeting Actually, about speaking it. Speaking of pro wrestling, the the unstoppable. Um Press conference before the weigh-ins was excellent. Oh, yeah, that actually, that was the where Chris Weidman basically tagged John Jones in. Oh, yeah, it was brilliant. Oh, uh, that was absolutely fantastic. And then um, John Jones doing the DX job to, to Daniel Cormier. <laughs> Coming out with his own belt. <laughs> Coming out with the belt and all, jeez, that was deadly. I'm looking yeah. forward to that fight. It was really good. Yeah, I can't wait for that fight as well, actually. I John went mad. Uh, some man, some Irish lad was walking past behind us, pissed. Yeah. He goes, oh, look, there's Robbie Lawler. Now, we don't know who these lads were, but John just turned around and goes, it's not Robbie Lawler, dude, it's Junior DeSantos. <laughs> no, it's Robbie Lawler. It's like, no, dude, it's not. It's Junior DeSantos. So John <laughs> got into a little bit of a barney with some stranger oh, about brilliant. whether it was Robbie Lawler on stage or Junior DeSantos. I was like, John, who cares if your man thinks it's Robbie Lawler? <laughs> Don't be getting wound up over it. He, he gets wound up over the smallest things. God bless him. He's yeah, it was very funny. <laughs> um, Joanna Zerzerdik and... Uh, what do you call her? Um, What's her second name, Daddy? Zerzerdik. Is, <laughs> is that how you say it? Yeah, I, I just call her Joanna Champion. I yeah. can't even pronounce it. Joanna Zerzerdik. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, she, she was blowing kisses and everything like that was hilarious man that was a bit mad alright yeah and then uh, Dana nearly got a stray dig when she was facing off as well actually yeah who was I I seen someone's reaction some pro or something like our child Sonnen said he wouldn't he wouldn't have had them on stage yeah oh no he was no he sorry he was talking about the uh, women on stage he was talking about Misha Tate and Holly Holm Um, I think that was with severe MMA that he said that uh, he was talking about Misha Tate and Holly Holm at the press conference where Connor and Nate were. Right. And um, he was saying that it was just the Connor and Nate show that, you know, there was maybe one or two questions filled toward the ladies and he didn't see the point in having them there that it didn't add out and the fact that it actually took away from them because it was like, what are they there for? Yeah, he um, said the, he said Joanna and Claudia shouldn't have been at the Unstoppable press conference either. Did he? Yeah, unless I'm getting it mixed up. I, I, yeah, I hadn't heard him say that about uh, Claudia Gadea and Joanna Champion. Um, I'd only heard him saying it about Misha and Yoke. So I'm not sure if it is a mix-up or whatever. Like, But um, like there was fighters at that uh, unstoppable press conference who weren't even asked questions. Like Ben Rothwell had to just shout something at the end to remind people he was yeah, at it. Like, 
What was it? He said something about he loves Irish fans or something. He goes, "Go Ireland, I love you." Yeah. <laughs> oh, Ben Rotwell and Stipe. I think Stipe Miocic was only asked one question, and he's about to fight for the fucking world heavyweight championship. Like, yeah, sure. Fabrizio Verdun, the heavyweight champion of the world, was asked one question. You know what I mean? At the end, like that'll go to show you kind of how, like, heavyweights are supposed to be the pinnacle of it. You know what I mean? They're supposed to be the the biggest of the big and the best of the best and then when it came to that like everybody just wanted to talk to John Jones Daniel Cormier Chris Boydman and Luke Rockhold that was it like do you know what I mean it was mad yeah, I like the way they put the schedules out in advance but they mean jack shit when fighters pull out yeah I was gonna say um, it's great actually that we, we have a calendar and that we can sort of plan like that's what I've done I'm I'm going to Vegas in July planning on going to UFC 200 depending on what the fight card ends up looking like but again as you said if people are going to pull out, namely a lot of Brazilians, then, you know, what's the point? Like, yeah. But Still, yeah. none the wiser what the UFC 200 card's going to be. I think they were banking on the result of Connor, to be honest. I think, yeah. I think it's crazy to think that if Connor was to win last night, he was going to be fighting Robbie Lawler. I think that's crazy. To be honest, to be honest, I think it's ridiculous. Look, I love Connor, and and I'm, I'm 100% behind him, but I. I would have been a little bit hard pressed to kind of go, yeah, he deserves a one seventy title shot. If I'm being honest, like, no, based on his needle movement and and uh, his 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 draw, probably yeah. But sure, why was he why was he going to be a world contender for the lightweight title as well? Like, but he he's fought at light, lightweight. He was a world champion lightweight elsewhere. You know what I mean? Whereas he had never fought at one seventy before and. I just, I don't know, I would have found it hard to justify McGregor fighting at 170, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But, um, when I say fighting at 170, I mean for the title at 170 without at least beating two or three guys. Like, I mean, Steve Wonderboy Thompson, Rory McDonald, Carlos Conde. Like, they're the whole guys that, you know what I mean? And there's talk of GSP, talk of GSP coming back as well, like. GSP got the biggest roar the night last night. I'd say so, yeah. I'd he say came so. on screen the place erupted and then they start booing because Nate Diaz came up on the screen and uh, GSP thought the crowd were booing him. It's very funny. <laughs> Poor little George and his politeness. God bless him. Yeah. Can't um, wait to see him come back. Do you think he will come back? Why else would he be there? Like, he's flirting with us. Of course he's coming back. I don't know, man. I don't know. Like... Well, he's been away for nearly a year and a half now. Uh, it's 2013. It's not that long, is it? Yeah, his last fight in 2013 against Johnny Hendricks. I thought that was 2014, man. Holy. Jeez. 20... Pretty sure it was. I don't know. You I'd... there? Yeah, I'm, I'm there. Sorry, I'm just. I'm, I'm, I'd be worried about somebody taking that much of a break and then coming back in. I don't know. Seems like a like a freak of nature though when it comes to fitness and all. Oh, I'd say he like we were saying earlier on about the whole stay ready so you don't have to get ready. I'd say he's one of them that he does constantly just be training and working out and all that. But jeez, I don't know, man. I'd say he was he was obviously that some of his fighter friends were fighting like um a couple of choice star lads were fighting last night, but yeah, what, like yeah. who else was he there? Yeah, I think it's. I think it was the end of 2013 where he his last fight. Jeez, that's mad. I didn't think it was that. I didn't realize it was that long ago now. Yeah. Um. 
but yeah, look, uh, you've got to to pack and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'll have to pack and have to shower. I'm in my jocks now. Love it, love it. That's a mental image that I'm gonna take with me now. <laughs> <laughs> um, come here. Before I let you go, I'll just I suppose sum up your your four or five days in Vegas for me. Sum up well. Um. Um. Slightly disappointed. <laughs> okay. Just down. Vegas at the end of the day, but this is my fourth time here. Um. Think, I think I would have liked it more if it was more of the whole, you know, takeover Irish takeover fans. Yeah. Um, yeah. This this whole um, Americans taking air flag over. <laughs> <laughs> what why to endear us to the American listeners, Graham? Well done. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I know. So, so in a in a nutshell, then it just it did. I probably know more when I won't. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but anyway, look. Finding no, no doubt. I'm, I'm, like, just like the new MMA, a new kind of MMA fan since Conor came around, just need to be mindful that he's lost before. It's not his first loss. It's his first loss in UFC at welterweight, two weight divisions up from his natural fighting weight. So just calm down a bit. Um, he's still he's put. He's put the country on the map, um, when it comes to MMA, um, and some some might say he's put the country on the map anyway. Um, yeah. But he's a global superstar now. We'd be proud of him. We need to mind him now over the next couple of months. I'm not to fucking want to take him down because that's really annoying me. No, absolutely. And look, as I said, he's he's should still. Mind sports stars should mind their sports stars when they're being celebrated and when they're winning. We should also need to them when they're losing uh, no 100% yeah get behind them win lose or draw he's still the king he's still up there with the best of the best one result even Ali lost do you know what I mean all the greats they take a knock at one stage or another like um, I've no doubt that he'll bounce back and he'll bounce back emphatically absolutely long live the king that's it man that's it well look Graham I'll let you go uh, get showered and put some clothes on um, <laughs> <laughs> look, safe travel homes, man, and uh, thanks for, for joining us from Vegas, and I'll see you during the week. Cheers, man. See you later. Look, love you. L- L- L-Y-T-B. L-Y-T-B. So there you have it. That was uh, Merdow joining us from uh, the wonderful and beautiful Las Vegas. A little bit disappointing, um, he said, to sum it up. But I suppose, look, when you travel all that distance to go and see uh, the man who as he said, was responsible for putting MMA on the map um, in, in terms of Ireland. you got to be a little bit disappointed, but look, it's not the end of the world. He's still a world champion. Um, it was a huge step up on short notice as well to go on to a 170-pound fight instead of 145 or 155 as he was scheduled. He'll he'll bounce back. There's no doubt about it. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the future holds from. Um, it certainly looks like it's going to be Jose Aldo or Chad Mendes. But we'll have to wait and see now. I'm sure he'll take a little bit of time to just recoup, look at things again and, and get on. I, I can't speak for him, obviously we don't know. But um, either way, look, the, the, it's not over. Like The future's not gone. It's just changed a little bit. That's all. I can't wait to see him back anyway. We said I'm going to be back as normal um, this week anyway. Um, we'll have a great guest 
all will be revealed fairly soon um but until then if you want you can check out our previous chapters on stitcher on itunes on podbean on podcast republic and anywhere and everywhere there's a podcast just search wts pod and we're there facebook.com forward slash wts pod ireland and twitter.com at wts pod if you want to follow Mero on Twitter, he is at American Mania. I'm at Dan Joe Murray. And as always, thanks to the wonderful Fitzpatrick's Castle Hotel. Visit www.fitzpatrickcastle.com um, for great offers and great deals. Check them out. Great place to stay. Great place to eat. Great place to drink. But look, um, that's it for our Las Vegas special. Short and sweet. Uh, we just want to do a quick reaction piece. Congratulations to Misha Tay uh, on becoming a world champion. Congrats to Nate Diaz on getting the job done. Commiserations to Connor and the guys at SBG, but you win or you learn, lads. You win or you learn. Until next week, good night and God bless. <laughs>